Greetings, Game Cola faithful, and welcome to the Game Cola podcast. This is podcast number 154. The quality is the opposite of the floor. And I am your host of Podcast Commander, Joseph Martin, joined by... I'm Blue Rider, and I write for Game Cola sometimes. Uh, I'm Alex the Jedi Jedrzak, and I also write for Game Cola sometimes. Now, if you listened to our last episode, which you did not have to, to understand this episode, but we hope that you listen to many episodes of the Game Cola podcast because it's a good show that we are very proud of. You may have heard Jetty implore me to go <laughs> in to actually, I don't know how fervent you were in the actual podcast. Yeah, yeah how much of it got edited out? <laughs> it got edited out. I don't. Oh, did it? Okay, yeah. I couldn't remember. Um, anyway, I think he. In any case, Jetty asked me to cover. Uh, something that I talked about in the Discord, and I made him wait because I wanted to play the new Pokemon video game first before going on this rant. But it's the title of the podcast. You know what you're here for if you're here and listening to this. And I promise it won't be the whole podcast, but let's do it. So, Jetty, what is the thing you wanted me to talk about? Um, What was it? It was the conspiracy that uh, Nintendo no longer has to put money into Pokemon now that it's not a uh, handheld seller, I think that was what it was. Right. So the the question is, why is Pokemon the way that it is now? Right. So the the with Sword and Shield and now Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, it is sort of apparent that even if you like the games a lot, like I I've enjoyed Sword and Shield and I have found fun in uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Um, that it doesn't seem like they're these top quality, top notch, big productions that push the limits of their platforms like they were for the first seven generations <laughs> of the series. And when people say like, well, why this is, it's like, well, it's because they can make bad games and people will still buy them. And my point is like, that has been true for a long time. <laughs> and even if I haven't liked all of the choices that they've made in all of the games before Gen 8 Sword and Shield, like, it wasn't for lack of, like, effort. A lot of the time they were strong choices that I just didn't, for me personally, like, I felt like they didn't work. Like, in X and Y, right? Like, the fact that they came up with, like, five different rivals wasn't, cheap or like low cost or poorly done in the sense that like it wasn't well polished it was just that it was a choice that they made and it didn't really work very well it was too scattered the characters didn't get enough time to have depth and it just didn't work but it wasn't like poor effort it was or not even poor but just like it wasn't rushed it wasn't like what are the, i'm trying to think of good words for it all yeah. of the pokemon games i would say before gen 8 like whether or not you like the choices that they made, it they were polished and the the games were what they were designed to be, right? They had an idea of what they wanted to do and they accomplished that goal, whether or not you liked the goal that they accomplished. Whereas in Sword and Shield and Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, that is not the vibe that I get at all. I get very much a sense of there was stuff that they wanted to put in this game that they just didn't get a chance to. Things did not get to look as good as they wanted it to, and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and so why now? And what were you saying, Jay? 
Oh no, the the major complaint that everyone had that like it was missing half of the Pokemon that they didn't give you the full 100% roster of all Pokemon. And then they mm-hmm. made you pay for more of them. Yeah. Which to a certain extent you can just say well that's kind of what modern development is like there's inflation and we're still selling a $60 game despite all the extra uh effort that has to go into making a modern game. But uh beyond that has never held them back before, <laughs> right? Right, right. Like, why is why are all of these decisions happening now? Because I feel like maybe after Gen 2 even, Gen 3, like, certainly well before now, Yeah, you could make the same argument that, like, hey, you could put anything with the Pokemon name on it and it would do really well. Just because Pokemon is an international multimedia giant franchise and any weaknesses that are in one part of it can be supported by another part of it. And what I'm saying is that the big thing is now that Pokemon used to be its main goal used to be to sell Nintendo DSs and Nintendo Game Boys. And that is no longer its purpose because the Nintendo Switch has... Okay, there's a concept, <laughs> not just in video games, but in, like, retail in general, of loss leaders. I was just going to say. Are you guys, yeah. Are yeah. you familiar with this term? Yeah, um, I'm familiar with it in uh, the world of motorcycles, because the concept <laughs> is, well, are you, are you familiar with this, Joseph? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not with the motorcycle end of it, but now I'm insanely curious, so please go on. Okay, so uh, if they make a series of motorcycle right you have uh you know the kawasaki ninja let's say for example um what is the cost difference to machine all of the parts for a 250 cc bike versus a 500 cc bike versus the 650 and the 1000 and the 1200 uh i can tell you that when they sell the 250 cc bike for around $3,000 that it does not cost half the price of the 500cc bike. Like, it's almost the same. So why is the 250 so much cheaper? They are selling you the bike that cheap because they know, in their mind, that you're going to go, wow, this bike's fun, but you know what? I wish it was faster. And you're going to buy the other bike as well. So they just made you know, $9,000 or 10000 or whatever off of you buying two bikes because they sold you the smaller one cheaper knowing that you would buy the bigger one later. They were, they were banking on that and they undersold even though the costs are approximately the same to them. They're only making, you know, a few hundred dollars off of the sale of the 250 but they're making a few thousand <laughs> off of the 500 and then you're also going to then go and say, you know what, I really actually want to get the big one. I want to go for the 1200. I'm going to go all out. I want to be doing, I, I want to do a wheelie trying to go from, you know, 90 to 110. Uh, and so I'm going to buy the big bike and I'm going to spend, you know, $15,000 on this big one. So, well, now you just bought a bike that cost them, you know, the same 3000 to make, but they made like a $10,000 profit on it, <laughs> right? Like... In this the... is fascinating. Yeah. 
doesn't do have to do with video this, games. Jetty? Did this happen to you? Um. Okay. So. Uh, this is gonna be a long segment, so go for it. I like, don't know the if Pokemon segment is gonna be long. So. Yeah. Sorry. Um. I I don't know if you remember my old uh pictures on the the our actual web our actual internet website gamecola.net. I, I yeah vaguely I remember motorcycles being a part of it now that you've brought up this yeah whole thing so and that's the thing is that um I I always rode uh like vintage Vespas and you know you get like uh the 125 or the 150 like there aren't a lot of options and all Vespas uh are gonna be like five six grand no matter what. Um, like vintage ones, maybe more like, uh, you know, two, three, four, you're buying secondhand from some guy, but they all cost around the same price range. And I, and people would always say to me, well, you know, for six grand, you could be getting a 500 CC motorcycle. Uh, or, you know, if you wanted to get a, a 250, a small bike, you can get them for, you know, half the price of what you're paying for the Vespa. And so I was like, why, why is it like, what is the big difference that makes motorcycles cheaper when they're smaller. And like, I looked into it and basically discovered this whole scheme of like, well, (laughs) they're selling the small bikes cheap so that you will then later also buy the bigger bikes. Um, It is to make money on both ends that they can make money a little bit at first, but then make additional later. Um, (sighs) So yes, because people used to complain like, well, why are you wasting your money on this scooter? The thing is, is that the scooters are sold at a cost to make money selling scooters. Motorcycles are sold at a cost to make money selling you two motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> so this does relate sort of the video games. It's it's yes. maybe not the exact same strategy, obviously, but like <laughs> consoles, video game consoles are sold at a loss almost almost universally. Um, and like the things that aren't are probably like the weird niche ones and maybe even those like I don't know. Oh, yeah. And the I <laughs> you would I don't know that. I mean, it didn't work. So like I don't know why it didn't work. But like from a financial monetary standpoint, like with the So like with the Nintendo Switch specifically, right? Like it, they do not make money. On the Nintendo Switch. They make money on software sales and additional hardware sales, which is why, for example, the controllers are so expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, because, like, replacing controllers is like one, and additional controllers is like not just for the Switch, but for like all consoles is like one of the ways that they make profit off of selling you a console. The other thing is that they make, you know, any game made by Nintendo, they get profits off of that game. Um, and any game made by someone not Nintendo, they get a cut of all of the sales on their platform. So they just, for the Switch to make a profit, purchasing a Switch needs to cause you to buy enough games so that the profit to Nintendo exceeds whatever loss they had on selling you the Switch initially. Yeah. Now, I would think... That in a certain sense, like the like the cheap, cheaper cost bicycle, that is basically the same <laughs> with a few parts switched out. Right? Is that the idea? Right? Like it's yeah. just like the changes to go from the lower CC to the higher CC are not substantial. Yeah. But so like your Zeldas and your Mario's, right? 
those games can be given probably huge budgets that aren't necessarily there to make profit. They're there to get people to buy Nintendo Switches, which will then in turn get, cause them to buy more games because very few people buy a video game console and only buy yeah. one game for it. Yeah. Because that just feels incorrect, yeah. right? You, If you buy a video game console, you're supposed to have multiple games for it because it feels like a waste if you only get one game for it, even though, like, that's not really how it works. And there may yeah. be people who end up only playing one game on their <laughs> console pretty much, but they'll always buy a few at least. Yeah, like the the concept of, oh, I want to play Breath of the Wild, so I'm going to spend 60 bucks on Breath of the Wild. It's like, well... Sure, you ha now have Breath of the Wild, but what are you going to play it on? And so then it suddenly becomes, what is that, $360 or whatever. So I think that my conspiracy theory is that like Nintendo has a stake in the Pokemon company, and probably some part of that agreement is specific to video game sales. Um, and maybe not exclusive, but like I'm sure that's a big component of it. Um, they are, they probably offer some form of professional support or resources or something. There's some contribution that they have probably historically made beyond just having Pokemon games on their system. I would have to think for it to, for that sort of partnership to make sense. But the idea was that Pokemon sold Nintendo DSs, right? And that's why, like, I think that's also why, like, Pokemon games, and like Game Boys too, though I think, especially with DS's, Pokemon games started being about like, hey, we're including all of the features that yeah. this handheld system has. Like, yeah. those are those are signature things, and a lot of the time, I feel, it would sometimes feel like Pokemon was the only one using certain features, right? Like, Diamond and Pearl had chat hot with the microphone. I loved it. And the... <laughs> and they used, you know, wireless communication. They used internet. The Pokemon, I think, was one of the first was one of the first handheld games that I ever played. Probably the first one that used like the internet to do stuff. I traded Pokemon <laughs> with strangers on the internet. It wow. didn't work on my home Wi-Fi because I, for some reason, the DS couldn't get past our security firewalls, <laughs> or I wasn't smart enough to tell it how to. But I could go to the pool. And they had free Wi-Fi at the pool, and so every day I would go to the pool and see what Pokemon I tried to trade on the global trade station if that went through, if someone took my offer. And that was like a daily ritual for me for all <laughs> an entire summer. Did you ever um, swim? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't take long to, to figure out. And then I'd put a new Pokemon up, and then it, I would have to wait another day because it wouldn't get traded within the amount of time i was there at the pool um but and then like you know with the 3ds <laughs> there were you know you have stuff like the i think it used the camera it used gyro for certain parts especially in gen 7 i think there were some like gyro places and just like different things they they try to integrate things that were part of the ds hardware you know even pokemon mystery dungeon this is oh well not not just pokemon mystery dungeon but like Pokemon used both the Game Boy and the DS slot, and you could trade Pokemon from your Game Boy game to your DS game through certain system, through certain mechanisms. And like, I don't know if any other company really used like having two games in your DS at the same time like that. 
<laughs> right? So, like, I think that that really was a big part of it. Pokemon could have these huge swelling budgets, probably impartial support from Nintendo because the goal was certainly, you know, you want to make profit on the game, but, like, the bigger goal was make a game that every child will buy a DS for and then they'll buy other games. Yeah. Too. But they don't... Nintendo doesn't need that now with the Switch. Because the thing is, is that that meant that Nintendo doesn't have to spend development resources on making super big system sellers for... Or as many super big system sellers yeah. for the Game Boy. But now all of their big IP are going to be... Excuse me. Are going to be on the Switch. Yeah. And so they're going to spend all the money on the big Zelda and the big Mario for the Nintendo Switch. And... And the Animal Crossing, right? And, like, at this point, like, the additional... Are, are people going to... Lots of people are going to buy the Pokemon games, and lots of people already have bought the new Pokemon game, the Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. But is it going to sell more Nintendo Switches? I don't know if that's really going to be the case. There's not much of a driving factor anymore. So now the Pokemon games have to be like your Vespa, Jetty. They have to be sold and developed to make a profit on their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this is the 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 problem with like selling to children versus selling to adults is that like adults have money that they can spend on their own. Children do not have money. So if you're selling to an adult, you're gonna sell more Nintendo Switch consoles with Breath of the Wild and something like that versus uh, having kids that are going to convince their parents to buy the console uh, for Pokemon alone. Either, uh, you know, there's like multiple children, so you're selling one copy of, uh, you know, Pokemon, um, and then they get to play all the games on the Nintendo Switch. Or the person already has uh, the Nintendo Switch because they already bought it for Super Mario Odyssey or whatever. Um, so you're not selling an additional console per unit of game sold, right? Um, yeah, and and like that, I think, I didn't have this analogy pre-prepared before the podcast, but the Vespa versus the motorbike <laughs> is like, I think a good analogy, right? Like yeah. now the Pokemon games, like they have to include stuff like the DLC because... yeah. Not half, right? Like that suggests that oh, it's out of it's out of their hands. They they have to yeah, yeah, do yeah. stuff that people don't like. But like the the reason that this pressure exists now, where it didn't before, yeah, is because the Pokemon games now have a greater burden to make a profit on their own, more profit per game sold than yeah. they had before. Yeah. I'm sure they still like. I don't think they were necessarily. I mean, selling it at a loss doesn't really work the same way because it's really more of a lump sum yeah. of like development costs and time. And then like a, then that doesn't and then there are some continuous like I'm sure like server maintenance and whatever it costs yeah. to host a game on like a platform and, you know, some minimal retail costs, um, especially now that like most purchases are digital, probably like it's it, it there's there's not like. Uh, like you don't lose money on every game sold like you do with a Switch, but you have this big lump sum of development costs and yeah. time, like opportunity costs of like working on this game versus working on the next Pokemon game or another yeah. game. Like that's the fundamental shift that's changed. I think that's also probably why Pokemon is now trying to expand beyond 
the Switch, like, moving into the mobile space. Like, why did yeah. Pokemon Go happen in 2016? Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, I didn't, I certainly didn't think this at the time, but, like, now it sort of makes me think, like, maybe because they saw the Switch and knew that, like, they couldn't rely on being the front runner of the handheld market anymore. So they're like, we need to branch out. And maybe not, like, even again, maybe Nintendo was also like, yeah, you need to branch out because this, like, partnership that we've had going on in this form isn't going to make sense going forward. And that's potentially why they took a leap on Pokemon Go. And then it wasn't, like, super well designed, but it was still Pokemon, so everybody was super into it. (laughs) Yeah, because I don't think we've explicitly stated it that, like, sure, uh... You know, you're selling the console and the game, so there's your 360 or whatever. But the thing is, um, if you now, I, I think, I guess we did talk about this, but like, you wouldn't buy a DS for a bunch of crummy games, but you will buy a bunch of crummy games if you have a DS. Right, right. You, they'll, you'll go and see, like, oh yeah, this little and even if you've picked it up in like a bargain bin like someone still bought that game at some point yeah that the and they Nintendo made their profit off of that $1 DS game that you found in the bin yeah so they don't care like even if the retailer never got to sell it i think Nintendo yeah, they... still gets a cut of whatever the retail spent on it yeah in in order to get it into the store the store had to pay for it at full price at some point um i mean mm-hmm. Uh, they they pay the wholesale price, and so right. the you know MSRP is different. But then if it's sitting around on the shelf, they also have you know to consider how much it costs to operate the store, and so they will uh sell it at a loss in order just to get rid of it and get something for it. Um, but yeah, so Nintendo already made the money when the game was released, right? And not even talking about. Pokemon, but talking about some third-party crummy. Uh, hold on, do I do I have it in this drawer? No, it's in the other drawer. Um, Sesame Street Sports. This is a video game that you own, Jaddy. Ah, let's see. Um, Tiny Toon Adventures, Buster Saves the Day. Jeopardy. On Nintendo DS? No, sorry. These are my Game Boy games that I got. Um, okay. Sorry, yeah. Pac-Man. Tiny did not seem Ooh. very DS. <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch. Sorry, yeah. I um, This would have been like guess... three, four years ago that I talked about going to a garage sale. And um, I don't even... Like, we were just looking around. And I happened to ask, like, oh, do you have any games? And this girl was like, oh, yeah, let me let me go upstairs. And she, like, just goes into her room and pulls out a Game Boy Color in, like, a little Ziploc with, like, a bunch of, like, really crummy third-party games in it. Um, and it's, like, uh, 10 bucks. And so I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll... With the Game Boy Color? The Game Boy Color and the, like, five... Or more crummy games. There was there was one or two. There was like a Yu-Gi-Oh game that I found that like oh, if I want to sell it now, I think I can sell it for like twenty bucks, like by itself. Um, I was gonna say even the Game Boy Color, like that. Oh just yeah, the Game no. Boy Color for ten dollars is yeah, like a yeah. really good deal. Yeah, like but, even even taking out like collector speculation out of the equation, like yeah, I think a Game Boy Color is worth more than ten dollars just like from a like a personal like. I guess it sort of depends if you have one already. Yeah. Um, 
but, but like uh, uh, Sesame Street Sports or whatever it was uh, could <laughs> barely be considered a game. <laughs> Sesame it, Hoops three on three. It, uh, in theory, it responds to user input. Um, so there's <laughs> there's that. It has that going for it. Um, but yes, but the point is, is that Nintendo at some point made money off of the sale of uh, Sesame Street Sports, which they never would have bought had they not already owned the Game Boy, right? That they bought the Game mm-hmm. Boy, presumably... Oh, that's right. I think it came with um, Legend of Zelda season something something whatever i don't know i didn't play it um not link's awakening but the other one that was for game boy yeah so i think sort of going back to it like for pokemon to sort of and and they may have figured it out a bit right but so like for pokemon to sort of go back to the glory days where it was the choices that were being made that were controversial instead of the state of the video game that was controversial um if that distinction makes sense i think they need to find a new reason to invest a lot in the budget of the game yeah and get bigger returns out of it and I'm sure there's a way, because, like, at the end of the day, right, like, I don't think the people who make the Pokemon game want to make a cheap Pokemon game, right? They, I do think that the people involved in the team want to have a reason to spend a lot of money and make a really good Pokemon game with a big budget that everybody likes. But their reason for doing that and the vehicle with which that gives them returns beyond emotional satisfaction, <laughs> which does not pay investors, unfortunately, <laughs> has to change. And maybe they have they have found it in I think like that's what Let's Go was, like trying to oh, yeah. move people into I, I don't know if Pokemon Go was supposed to point people towards let's go pikachu and eevee or if let's go pikachu and eevee was trying to point people more towards pokemon go yeah i would think the latter would be more profitable for them and um i i do think that there's a bit of a draw because it's like okay uh hey uh you know 25 to 30 year olds remember pokemon well guess what it's still <laughs> around remember that original one that you played back in the day well guess what you can play it on your phone you got one of those right um, yeah. I, I, <laughs> oh no! Um, but yeah, that that I don't think that they're trying to take kids who are playing Pokemon Go on their parents' phone and try to get them to play Pokemon Let's Go. Right? I don't think that that was the expectation. Why don't Final Fantasy? keeps getting like mobile ports and stuff like the original is available why why isn't there like pokemon red and blue for your phone that's interesting i so one answer that question could be like contracts like there's some exclusivity rules about about like what they can do yeah yeah with nintendo where like pokemon can can release new games on mobile platforms but they can't uh, release old games yeah, that makes sense. or certain games on non-Nintendo platforms. Just with what was Jetty um, was saying, it just like 
Oh, that'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, sure that, there are a lot yeah. of people who already... The, the other side of that is that, like, most people who... If you really want that, like, you could you can do it yourself. I mean, yeah. yeah. There, I knew many people who had, in, like, you know, 10 years ago, like, were doing that already on their phones, on their calculators. Mm-hmm. People used to play Pokemon on their school calculators. No, it had to be. It had to be like a fancier one, like an Inspire. Oh, um, really? Because uh, there had... were ways to put like, I think there was like Super Smash Bros on your T one eighty four and stuff. Unless they've changed, unless we're like with good graphics, like I mean, the T one eighty fours that I had <laughs> were like Game Boy resolution, like original Game Boy resolution. Whereas like the Inspire was the fancy one that I had in graduate school. And it had like a full fledged computer screen. Yeah, well, I with, like color and stuff. No, it was like Game Boy graphics, but you could still like play the game. <laughs> you could definitely yeah. play probably... Doom. <laughs> that was probably like a, a a like a remake for like maybe built from the ground up for yeah. the TI. Then because I don't think that you can again like the the TI eighty fours were not fancy enough graphically to do a whole lot but like there were definitely calculators where you could just play pokemon yeah Yeah, um so like that's that's part of it too right so like are you going to convince enough people who don't already do that to get pokemon on your mobile device yeah i don't and like the the work what work needs to be done to get all like the connectivity features so that you can trade and Mm -hmm. battle and use the which right like that's probably just something that no one wants to do yeah to deal with so yeah blue what do you think about my pokemon conspiracy theory oh yeah yeah what do you have to say what do you think um i think i don't have enough knowledge on the subject of like what they're selling like consoles at a loss for and stuff i don't have enough business sense to really say anything about it which is why i haven't been but like i don't know it sounds plausible i don't know at what point (laughs) you need like what point a conspiracy becomes a fact but it seems plausible enough well jay are you satisfied have i convinced you as to why pokemon is the way that then also like to be fair to jetty you have but you played Red and Blue and Sword and Shield, not both of them, but those are the mainline Pokemon games that you've played. Yeah. Right? Um, what was it? I was also playing. You played Mystery Dungeon for a bit. Yeah, I played Mystery Dungeon. Um, but what was the one that I was playing? Because, uh, like, I can well... list off a bunch, like Pokemon Ranger. No, no, or... no. Um, I I was playing a mainline. Pokemon game because um I ended up I just like there, there's a point where I realized I can just pick up you know like my Game Boy Color for 10 bucks I can just spend you know 20 30 bucks at a local game sh- store and get a Game Boy Advance or whatever right and you know if I dig deep enough I can find a crummy but still playable copy of the Pokemon games you know somewhere and so I just started like getting them uh and but you haven't played any of them yet um christina was playing through them and then uh mm. for whatever reason um 
I started playing... I don't remember which one it was. Uh, what system? Uh, DS. Okay. Uh, what, do you oh, remember the sorry. starter that you picked? Um, it's Omega Ruby, is what I was mm-hmm. playing. Oh, okay. So yeah. the remake of Gen 3. Right. That's an int- That's a 3DS game. Yes, sorry, yeah, yeah. I forgot. What did you... What did you think? That's a, that is an interesting place for you to be, like an order of video games to play, yeah. right? Like, because you you played Red and Blue, then you jumped to Sword Sword and Shield, which yeah. is I'm sure yeah. massively different, and also everyone was complaining about it. Yeah, it was a little different. Yeah, and then <laughs> a few things had changed. Back to a remake <laughs> yeah. of a game that's came after Red and Blue, but also you haven't played, so you've got all the new mechanics. Added on to an old world. That's I don't. Yeah. That is a frame of reference that I cannot really identify with, but I'm very interested in. Yeah, it was interesting to finally get context of like what a Pecha Berry is or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's back when they still grew berries on trees. Yeah, they only did that for two generations. Yeah, they put it back in this game and. You can kind of tell, like, there's a reason they kind of got rid of it. Yeah. Because it's kind of a pain. <laughs> yeah, and, like, it's linked to your real-time time clock or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, that t- <laughs> that's the other part of it. So, like, in later games, what they did was, like, that was still the case, but, like, instead of having to, like, physically go places and yeah. water and pick up the berries, it was just, like, an item in your bag that you could check up on. Oh, okay. And I think you could get items to speed it up if you wanted. <sighs> I'm sure you could. Water cannon mulch and stuff. It's also reminding me of uh I I had been rewatching Paul's uh playthrough of Earthbound uh on the Game Cola YouTube channel, GC.net, uh like and mm-hmm. subscribe. Um and it's funny hearing the chirps of the chicken. I don't know if you're familiar with Earthbound, Joseph, how familiar you are you are. With the playing, uh, not with the chirps of the chicken. It is a very specifically. specific I've I watched I've watched good portions of Earthbound gameplay, but I'm not familiar with the chirps of the chicken at this current moment. Okay, so have you have you ever during your playthroughs of Earthbound uh, purchased or found an egg? No, I haven't played Earthbound. I've just watched. Oh, okay, play it. so so the and thing I don't is, remember is, people purchasing eggs. Yeah, so part of it it. It's weird because it's inventory management, right? You have very limited inventory, and there's a lot of things right. that they do with your inventory. And one of them is that you can pick up an egg. I think it's like four bucks or something. And the concept is the longer you hold on to the egg, which is using your inventory space that you could otherwise use for other things, uh, and after so many minutes of gameplay, it turns into a chick. And you can tell because as you're playing you will just out of nowhere hear a little chirp and it like it like a tweet like a like a mm-hmm. i don't know if that comes through that was pretty good yeah thanks that was pretty good from what i could hear um and then after like an hour or something uh it turns into a chicken and it makes this like boot sound and paul is like what it what keeps making that noise? And I'm like, Paul, you have a chicken. You need to go sell it. It's worth like 50 bucks or whatever. Like <laughs> y- y- you spent four bucks. 
and now it's worth 50 or whatever. I don't remember what the actual price is, but the point is you're supposed to go sell the chicken. And Paul keeps being like, should I eat the chicken? Can you eat the chicken? I'm like, no, Paul, sell sell the chicken. You're supposed to buy an egg and then sell the chicken, but he picked up an egg out of a, a box or something somewhere, or an enemy dropped one, and he has it. And so now he has this chicken, and it's like, no, Paul, you're supposed to sell it. The point is you make money by trading inventory space, <laughs> right? Your discussion of the watering can and so on reminded me of the chicken in Earthbound. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting you bring up Earthbound because, like, playing Pokemon... So I've been playing Shining Pearl specifically. And, like, one of the realizations that I've had, like, in this one specifically is, like, I think there is an appeal in the RPG styles of Pokemon that kind of lines up with an appeal of Earthbound in that, like, it's an RPG, but it just takes place in, aside from the Pokemon, yeah. what is supposed to ostensibly be, like, a normal place. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, just normal towns, and, like, there's a little bit of, like, near-futurism in it. Yeah. Um, But, like, for the most part, like, it's not, like, fantasy times where it's, like, there's some beautiful nature, but, like, it's not, it's, like, not part any of all the like stuff is not something that you would think about specifically relating to it would be more like yeah like literally fantasy (laughs) in in pokemon you can ride a bike right (laughs) that's not the main appeal (laughs) but i get what you mean right (laughs) it's something that you could conceivably do yourself if there were pokemon you could also ride a bike ride a a bike one of these is the main appeal of this game yeah, yeah, like, definitely. But I one think of them. I think one of the things that helps make Pokemon as a franchise, like the main games, feel so relatable is that aside from the Pokemon themselves, like everything you do in the game is something that you could conceivably do. Yeah. Like you, like you, like you said, you can ride a bike. You can go in a cave. Beat kids <laughs> up wow. and steal their Obviously, money. Like. Yeah, <laughs> take down a terrorist organization as a ten-year-old. Like, you can, you can go to different towns, and some of them will be bigger cities, and some of them will be smaller cities. And like, obviously, like, not all of those are super relatable, but they like that closeness of like, there you aside from the introduction of Pokemon, there's not a whole lot that you have to like separate yourself from in the world to yeah. sort of like insert yourself in there. I think is a key component because look at the end of the day, right there, I would say major problems with brilliant diamond and shining pearl. Um, some of which maybe have addressed by patches by the time this pod, there was a patch that I just downloaded today that apparently fixes some core bugs that have been popping up. You can, you can speed run the game in like 15 minutes (laughs) because you can like open, you can press, there's two buttons that open the menu. And if you, press them in a certain sequence really quickly with a specific timing you can open two menus and then that just breaks everything (laughs) and you can basically just walk to the end of the game and you you just have to open menus in certain orders to get past different roadblocks but like you literally just walk to the end of the game and like there's lots of glitches where like you just walk through stuff or you get stuck in weird places. And I haven't gotten soft locked yet, but I've gotten, there was one <laughs> tweet that I posted. I think I put it on the discord where like I ran through 
a ditch <laughs> that like if I had gotten stuck in that ditch somehow, I like popped down and popped back up. And it's like if that had not happened, I could have been soft locked <laughs> in that ditch. Yeah. Because it was like you were raising and lowering water level to make the bridges pop up. So like and there's a lot of weird just like in Sword and Shield, this is sort of going into the games I've been playing in recent times because oh. it's just been Pokemon. Um, but uh, Sword and Shield has some graphics that are not super polished, but they're like – I'm trying to think of the distinction. They're like there, right? Like they're designed and they're maybe not high quality, but they're like put together into a cohesive structure that is complete. It's maybe not as polished as it could be, but it's complete. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl have all these weird graphical things that are just, like, really distracting. <laughs> like, in double battle, sometimes, like, the way that the trainer models are, like, set up, like, your character's hand will, like... Because, like, all the Pokemon trainers will, like, throw their hand out when it's your, your Pokemon's turn to move, right? And that's, like, sh supposed to relate, like, oh, they're commanding their Pokemon to do this attack. But, like, the trainer's hand will, like, appear for, like, two frames. <laughs> and it's – and obviously, like, it's – I'm sure it looks nice and smooth, like, if you're looking at the trainer when it's happening. But, like, for those two frames, it just looks like a weird graphical glitch. Like, something <laughs> popped up for two frames and then disappeared. And then there's lots of things where, like, text boxes, like, pop up and then disappear really quickly because, like, I'm guessing they were supposed to, like, pop up this text box if there's a gap. But, like, sometimes that gap is, like – five frames so it pops up and then goes away again for some other thing to take its place and like it just looks gross and they've got clouds going over people and it's like <laughs> supposed to be aesthetic but then a lot of the time like you'll cut to the end of the trainer battle where it's like zooms in on their face and has a reaction but you can barely see it because they're in a shadow from a cloud <laughs> and lots of there's so there's lots of like graphical stuff like that and mechanical stuff like that um but like I can see that and I can internalize it and I can say, like, this is not as good a product as I would have wanted it to be. But, like, at the end of the day, I still have a good time with it because, I don't know, I'm invested in it. And there's, the, you, there's still pieces that are, like, good, right? Like, even down to little things, like, when your Pokemon walk behind you, even though it's, like, way too slow for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why they keep doing this. <laughs> this seems like a very easy fix. Um, even if the pathfinding isn't that great, you can still make them just follow you a little bit faster. Um, though I think some of it is like, I've seen some glitches where like something does follow you too fast and it like freaks out. <laughs> so maybe they made it slow because following fast causes glitches in their current system. Anyway. And you want to avoid glitches, obviously. Like this, this little <laughs> one, this like little thing where like there's Zigzagoon, right? Which is a raccoon themed around zigzags. Does it move in zigzags? And like. It 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 doesn't just move in zigzags. It does these like little diagonal hops. Oh my goodness, that's adorable! You. I love zigzags. And it's like it's perfect, right? Like and like that core bit is still in there. And so when people talk about all of these, you know, really unpolished things that probably sh you know you would think wouldn't be in a game of this caliber of this pedigree, but like. At the end of the day, those core little things, I've been watching a lot of people play, you know, stream this game too, because it's a very, I think it's a very obvious source of streaming and SEO ranking and stuff. But like seeing 
you know, that like all of the mechanics to like get invested in the game, right? Get invested in the world are still there, right? Even down to like the little messages that pop up when, you know, your Pokemon says, oh, it got rid of its status condition because it didn't want you to worry, <laughs> right? And like, now for some people that like, that lets them get into the world yeah. deeper, and yeah. like gets them more invested. And I think like at the end of the day, as long as those key features are there, then like the appeal is always going to be there. Um and again, un- until there is a competitor, which many have tried <laughs> and <laughs> not exactly zero have succeeded long term. <laughs> at least in the video game space. I would yeah. say I mean, Digimon, Digimon. Well, I, I was going to say what about in the digital world? Digimon Cyber Sleuth was a success, I think. Is that a game or a TV show? It's a game. Well, there's a horror Digimon show that's happening right now. Like the Digimon, I felt like definitely went toe to toe with Pokemon in the television world, and the and probably surpassed it a bit in the in the digital in world. The, well, okay. You've made, made this joke like three times. Like, I don't think it's going to land any differently. The audience has already did, laughed. It did for me. Okay. That one was really, that was great timing. In like OVAs is what I was going to say. Maybe not OVAs translated to English. That hasn't always been the yeah. best work. Yeah. Um, But like, but I guess maybe the, the games have done better than I'm aware of. But, like, there was definitely, like, there was Yokai Watch, which I think is still around, but, like, definitely didn't, definitely It was really big in Japan for years. Yeah. But, but like, I think... not over here. But, I mean, it was, like, intrinsically, like, Japanese, <laughs> Yeah. So, I understand why. Yeah, because even, like, the intrinsically Japanese parts of Pokemon are still, like, like you can get the if you don't know what the animal is that the Pokemon is based off of, like you it's can just like think that it's a made up little... animal, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, and there are some that are just made up animals, right? So yeah. even if you don't get the reference to whatever Japanese culture it's like sort of inspired by, if that is indeed what it is, like you can still like uh, you can just be like, ah, oh, yeah, that's a magical fantasy creature. So yeah, of course I don't recognize what it is, but. Yeah, so I mean, like, that's definitely why Yokai Watch didn't make it as big here because, like, I think, like, one of the key principles was, like, the not just Yokai, but like, Yokai with, like, specific cultural references to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just that, you know, it's based off of Japanese folklore, but, like, the, the lessons that they're supposed to embody, like, don't do this or don't do that, are also, like, fairly cultural and specific to. Yeah. I would, at some point, I should try a Yokai Watch game just to see. I think one of the things I also didn't like about the games was, like, I think you didn't get to, like, pick what your Yokai did in, like, yeah, battles. Yeah, you got it from, like, a little, uh, oh, oh in battle? Uh, I don't remember how battle I remember there exactly. was some key was weird. point of the battling system where I was like, well, this just isn't, f- this doesn't sound fun. Like I want to be. I think it was like yeah. I don't. It, they they picked. I you remember could pick it being weird. Sets. I don't remember if it wasn't fun or not. Uh, but I had I, I had the I think I might have the first one still somewhere. 
but I never finished it or got very far. I have to look for I was going to say that uh, Monster Rancher does that, where, like, the battle is done by the creature, and you just kind of have to hope and pray that it uses its big attack or whatever, or that it heals itself when it needs to be healed. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, that seems like a slam. Like, every other RPG, you get to... You get to you get to pick the moves of the people that aren't you in most RPGs, <laughs> like real <laughs> human people yeah. or fantasy human people yeah. that should be like, you know, mentally independent of you, and like you still pick what they do. So like, I can we can make it so that I can tell these creatures what to do. Because at least when it's fun. not, it's like optional. Like you can have persona. You can like have your teammates fight as they want or you can command them directly so it's mm-hmm. like yeah. an option mm-hmm. and even then in persona like at least you get to pick what one of the characters do and it sounds like yeah. in yokai watch you pick what none of the characters do <laughs> and like same with Metopia. and like Metopia, it kind of makes sense because like the the emergent like right the emergent narrative of random chance and random text boxes spurred on by a few arbitrary choices at the beginning of the character creation, right? Like, that's the whole point of the game. And so, like, if you controlled it, then, like, it wouldn't feel as, like, oh, these are characters that are, like, doing things. But, like, I, the, it, there's still the key part that, like, you get to have, like, control over your character, at least. <laughs> Again, I don't remember... How battle worked in Yokai Watch, and I haven't played Metopia, so I'll just assume you're right about everything. <laughs> That's a that, that if if more people would do that, the world would be a better place, <laughs> wouldn't it? I stare longingly off into well, I was gonna say off into the distance. I'm staring longingly into my duvet <laughs> that is right next to my face <laughs> because that's what it has to do to make my audio sound okay. Does anybody else have any more thoughts on RPGs in the monster-catching genre, or should we move on to a new topic? I think we might be ready to move on. So, Blue brought... I think you brought this up, or maybe John brought this up last podcast. Someone, not me, brought this up. Uh, (laughs) And then it came true. Oh. Blue, would you like to say the thing? that that was me, and it was two podcasts ago. Oh, was it two? Uh, yeah, because we forgot to talk about it last time. Ah, uh, I well, we could... didn't have to say that. We could have <laughs> pretended like we were timely about it, but go well, on. Superfans would know. I would know that I lied to superfans. <laughs> well, but the non-superfans would go and listen to the last podcast to find out what it was, and then they wouldn't find it, and then they'd have to then listen to two of our podcasts. I, I'm not entirely sure that that is what would happen but okay uh, i correctly predicted that the Sorry. final uh dlc character for smash would be sora and so now i as like before if you listened you would know that i don't really have mains in fighting games i always press the random button <laughs> and i get a little bit good at everyone your main is random. Where I stay bad at some of them, but I still play them. Uh, but now I have, like, the closest thing I have to a main, because Sora's out. Are you a big Kingdom Hearts yes. fan? Well, mm, 
I Are you a fan of the concept of Kingdom Hearts? I like the Kingdom Hearts franchise mm-hmm. most of the time. Right, right. Like I get I, I as I've someone who every... has also played many video games that part of franchises, I feel the vibe that you're going for where you're like I don't want to say that I like all of the things that this franchise has done, but I am in you're invested in it. Uh I well I I was gonna say I've played all the games, but I haven't played one of the games, the newest game. Uh, so I'm a bit, I've fallen out a little bit since the ending of three. But uh, sorry, what was I saying? <laughs> you picked Sora. You, we were talking about Sora, and I oh, Sora's like... in Smash, and I don't. He's a character that I've wanted in the game for years i put him as my the like poll or whatever the survey Mm -hmm. he was my choice and he ended up being like everyone's number one well not everyone's number one but like the top spot which is why he's in this one so i don't want to be ungrateful but why i wanted sora in it was because he has such a vast array of abilities and his moveset could be amazing and then they put him in and they were like okay so your moveset is 95 percent your keep you hit people with your sword (laughs) and then it's four percent regular final fantasy magic and then one percent there's like a kingdom hearts reference in your final smash so I'm a little bit, I don't want to say disappointed, but like... Underwhelmed? Because he's a lot of he's a lot of fun still, and I am still going to main him. But there's just like a bit of a missed opportunity with really playing with what makes him special and what the Kingdom Hearts franchise has that is different than everything else. So that... There's a little bit complicated feelings there. But I am so glad he made it in. Yep. We can also quickly segue into the other fighting game-related piece of news. Oh yeah, last time we talked about the rumor that what sounded like it was going to be Netherrealms, but it was just WB, and they're making multiverses, so... Which is the, uh... The platform fighter that, like has Rick and Morty and Batman <laughs> and Steven Universe and Adventure Time and Game of Thrones and potentially a bunch of other things. Yeah, so like lots of Warner Brothers, different Warner Bros. properties. Um and uh I think what like one of the key <laughs> things is like they were you were do you remember like when Xbox said it was going to always be online and yeah. then PlayStation came out like the next day. It was like, "Hey, you're not always going to have to be online." And everyone was like, "Yeah, exactly." Yeah! <laughs> yes, it's like it's like that's not really like okay. This this happened with voice acting and the and yeah. the Nick game and this one. They have like Kevin like, Conroy and stuff, so they're they're going pretty hard. Mm-hmm. But it was just sort of like. Like if 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 that hadn't happened with the Nickelodeon game, I don't think anyone would have batted in. Like literally, yeah, the only thing would be ta- they'd just... be talking about would be the ones that like weren't like 
were different than like they're established. Like I think Steven Universe it has a different voice actor. Oh, does um, he? I didn't know that. Uh, but the this game isn't like just uh, Smash clone. First of all, it's like free to play, so it, I mean Brawlhalla is too. But also, it's more focused around like tag team, like uh, I don't know. Yeah, Marvel they have like the different Capcom two, I think. They they like different characters have like different classes. I think that they've oh, sort of they? like some are like more like like I think I think I saw one of them being called like support. So like the idea is that like you do a tag team and like you might have characters that like don't do as much damage but like help another character do oh, more interesting. damage. I missed that and, like, part, but yeah, it's like the... it's a tag battle platform fighter, which I think is an entirely new thing but it makes logical sense as someone who's a fan of fighting games like i oh they did this they this is a subgenre of fighting game why don't we do like that variation in this and i'm like, well, like oh that's a neat idea i don't know if it's like tag in the same way as those kind of games yeah, right cuz like not, that's where it's like, those are like one at a time out. and you yeah. Right, this is like two characters on a team at the same time, which is kind of in Smash Brothers, but it's not. It's really kind of a bonus mode. It's not really used heavily in most situations. But I'm really interested. Uh, I just... my my Sora for this game is Ben Ten. I hope he gets <laughs> in so that um, they can mess up his move set. I imagine that they would just put in certain aliens from Ben 10 and not like Ben 10 himself, Benjamin Tenjamin himself. That'd be fine. <laughs> but like did you know Ben 10 is like a higher grossing franchise than like a lot of things? It doesn't like, surprise me. Like in the top me. 100, it's like bigger than X-Men, I think. It's it's very is... toy it's a that, very toy-friendly series, and it's been going on for a really long time. I mean, like, I remember watching the first episode of Ben 10 yeah. when I was, like, in elementary school. Yeah, me too. And It's, so, it's just and weird, because, like, right now they don't have anything going on with it, so... They don't? They have the... Or did they no. stop the newest show? That ended, like, last year or the year before. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that, like, ended... I, I knew that there was, like, a movie... That they did, but I didn't realize that, that like ended. There's a couple it. movies. So uh, is it like the highest grossing, like in a year, like not just like over its course, but like no, currently, it's like in the like, top one hundred like profitable franchises of all time. Like, okay, Pokemon so they at the top, or Hello Kitty is at the one of those is yeah, yeah. Pokemon so it's specifically talking about the like whole media, lifetime. yeah. Um, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean it. It's I guess it's impressive. I don't like it's not necessarily surprising, but it's not something that I would have been like confident enough to say if that makes sense. But right? Yeah, like, it was rumored and it was real and it's not made by NetherRealm, so they're still working on their new game that we don't know what it is, which is good news for me cuz I'm excited. And that's um, all I have to say. I think I've I've sort of talked about I've talked about Pokemon a lot and I'll talk about it more if you want on the Game Cola <laughs> Discord oh. or on this podcast. Um Yeah, but, after liking uh, and subscribing, we... you can go join us on our Discord channel. 
Yes, we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast, how you can do that. But but, uh, but what games have you guys... hmm? But if I say it in the middle, they can't just skip out on the end of the podcast. Right, right. So now they know about the Discord. Or just skip the end of the podcast. (laughs) That's where the little blooper is, the coda. Yeah. Right, well, yeah. Everyone knows that's the best part. Yeah, the coda is a a fantastic part of the Game Cola podcast, one of my favorite parts. Yeah. Um, I like how they all fit together, and you get your own cinematic universe if you pay attention. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're linked. (laughs) Don't spoil it! That's supposed to be a slow burn, that if you listen to all the codas in a row, it tells a story. It doesn't. It doesn't even... I'm sure it doesn't even a little bit. Not even a little bit, no. I I have, like, maybe to, like, in place of the off-topic podcast, because most of the stuff that we do just stays in these days. Yeah. Um, to have, like, a video posted where it's just all of the codas from, like, episodes of certain period, like, whatever makes, like, a ten-minute video. I think it would miss out on, like, one of my favorite lore pieces, which is, I think it's Jetty and Anna are secretly cousins because she stole his copy of Pokemon Emerald, or, no, that was Joe. Oh, right. Wasn't it Joe? I don't remember. One of you had lost your... Pokemon Emerald copies. I lost my Pokemon Emerald copy. And, and Anna, Anna stole, stole her cousin's a, yeah. Pokemon Emerald copy. So therefore... <laughs> Karmatically, Anna stole my copy of Pokemon Emerald. Or they're secretly cousins and aren't aware of it somehow. Um, but, uh, Jetty and Blue, what games have you been playing in recent times? I just finished Mega Man 6 about an hour Ooh. or two hours ago. Ooh. Yeah. What did you think? I liked... You played 1 through 5 as well, right? Yes. Okay. Just uh, context. I didn't like 4 very much, but uh, 2 and 5 and 6 are pretty good. Uh, 6 had like the jetpack and the punchy body modes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. those were great additions i really liked those yeah uh six was weird because i was i had all my power-ups already for the final boss and then there wasn't one i just beat up dr wily and put him in prison and that had never happened before so that was messed up i was i i beat the final boss with just the mega buster and because I was yeah the the final boss is fairly straightforward I just I didn't expect it because it had never done any of these things before and I was like oh I beat the game (laughs) he didn't break out of prison and I didn't mess up somehow I I just tied him up put him in jail yeah that is like he didn't use his alien powers. <laughs> no, that's like one of the only, like, so that actually like gets picked up in Mega Man 7, which is like the only time that happens in the entire franchise where there's like, con- like clear continuity between the ending of the first, like Dr. Wily s- starts in prison at the beginning of Mega Man 7. Interesting. Well, um, it's not the next game. I'm using Joseph's uh, big graph data chart thing. So, uh, next is Mega Man X. Right. 
Right. Yeah. So, yeah, Mega Man. So they were working on Mega Man X, I believe, while they were working on Mega Man 6. I think development was kind of split. Um, and then they made Mega Man 7 in, like, four months. <laughs> the story oh, of Mega Man 7 is... So, like, the... the this is... I'm going to go... I, I know too much about Mega Man, so if I talk about Mega Man, it becomes too much. But the beginning of Mega Man 7's development was... Uh, there was another company involved. Capcom was kind of expanding development and the beginning of development got stuck in like the ideation phase, like coming up with ideas for the game mm -hmm. for a really long time. And so then like the actual production part of Mega Man 7 was like really short, really rushed. Apparently like the the multiplayer mode that you can kind of secretly unlock um, at the oh. end of Mega Man 7 was made in like the last few weeks of development <laughs> and the person <laughs> found out that they were supposed to like make it because they were given sprite sheets and said that was how they found out is that they were given sprite sheets for it and he's like what are these for and it's like oh the fighting mode that we're going to have you put in the f uh, the competitive fighting two player mode that you're putting in the game now and <laughs> is that excuse in the legacy me? collection can i do uh, that yes i'm pretty sure sounds exciting i have no idea what that is but i want to find out you can you can definitely look up if you can do it i i know there's some weird things with codes in some of the games um but like when you beat mega man 7 it shows you like a password and, like, the password, like, gives you all, like, the items and, like, access to all the levels in the final boss. But then, like, if you hold L and R or something like that and use the code, then it takes you to this, like, secret fighting mode. <laughs> um, it's, like, fairly bare bones because, again, it was made in, like, three weeks. Yeah. Um, anyway. Secret um, fighting mode. Yeah, I guess the, the correct or So are you playing, like... All of Mega Man Classic and then Mega Man X in order, I, basically. I'm playing, like, I'm gonna try and play the whole, like, main franchise in order. Like, okay. X and Z and ZX and probably Battle Network, because I actually like that game. Yeah, Battle Network is completely different, <laughs> but also, like, kind of... Ex well, you it was gotta the take only Mega Man game I had partially played through, and it was fun, so... Are they going to make Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection? <laughs> it seems like so. the next obvious choice, right? Like, yeah. I, I want a new I Mega Man game, them of to. course. I but, like, like I, would take, I would take a Mega Man Battle Network Collection, especially if it's at the caliber of the Zero ZX Collection, which is, yeah. like, about as good as a collection like that can get. Yeah, like, they make it, I'll buy it, so. Yeah, so, like, that's... I would not be super disappointed. I would, it would be like new Mega, like Mega Man 12 is like 10 out of 10. Mega Man, like Battle Network collection, like 8 out of 10. I just know you like, haven't played your, you haven't played Battle Network according to your data sheet. Uh, well, if you look, I believe Mega Man Battle Network 2 is should, played, is but not played. the first one. And Mega Man Battle Network 3 should be listed as owned, if I make that distinction. <laughs> it is. Yeah, see? I, I keep well... So I got both... Of, I think I've said this on the podcast before, but, like, you, this may happen to you guys. Do you guys ever reach a, so, a certain social status within your... Not even necessarily your friend group, but, like, within your 
social community, in my case this was at school, of being the video game guy to the point where like when people are like getting rid of video games, they're just like, oh, I'll just give a couple to this guy because he, he likes video games. I was going to say like entirely no, I have no idea what that's <laughs> like, but actually I was that with card games apparently. One time this guy at school just came up to me and gave me like a baggie full of a thousand Yu-Gi-Oh cards and, was like, Get- Here. and I was like, okay. Cool. Thanks. Bye. Did you play Yu-Gi-Oh? Uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know I was the Yu-Gi-Oh guy, but <laughs> <laughs> that's how you found out. That is. I mean, I definitely was the Mega Man guy at that point in my life. Uh, I um, was the Ben Ten guy, definitely. So... Jetty, were you? What, were, what kind guy? of guy were you? What man were you? Mega Man villain? What? Yeah, what I robot guess. Master were what? You? What? What thing were you invested in enough, overtly enough, that people would give it to you because they thought you would like it? Yeah, I guess that's a good question. Cause, um, like, what are people? I okay. I have gotten. What are people? Well, <laughs> was I talking to you about the? The books, the Japanese books, was that on the podcast or was that? I think that was just oh, us on the stream, talking about maybe. Oh yeah, it was on the stream. That's probably yeah. What it was. You you can also go to our YouTube channel gc.net if you're not listening to this there, and we also do gaming streams on occasion. Um, well, that's a fun. And that's where I discussed with Joseph while we were playing two player. Mario Super Picross um, that I have received a few uh, books in Japanese that uh, I think I have a Garfield book like it's just the comics but they're all in Japanese Um, I don't think (laughs) I mentioned that one recently no you didn't that's amazing Yeah, I want that (laughs) yeah just like I guess that's the thing is, again, I was going to say, you know, there was a period where I was known as, like, the scooter guy, but, like, you know, no no one's going to give me... Give you a free scooter. <laughs> yeah. Um... You're also, I think, the the old movies on VHS guy. Oh, that's yeah. also true. Have I... Did I discuss uh, that my yeah, brother... Yeah, talked about your brother. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think I talked about... That's why I'm basing that on. Yeah. Um... But basically, Jetty, Jetty started receiving random VHSs <laughs> in the mail and then later discovered it was his brother yeah. sending... Yeah. Um, oh, man. I was watching this weekend. So I, I hadn't looked at my collection in a while, and then I ended up picking up a bunch. Oh, man. I was so disappointed. I had bought 10 VHS tapes at uh, a church sale... Because all of them were like, uh, Beach Party 1992, or, <laughs> uh, 4th of July, uh, New Year's Eve, and Halloween Party. Oh and, goodness. and I'm like, man, I want to see what people were dressed up for, for Halloween in 1993. Like, I want to know. Was it a how- formal Halloween party where no one dressed up? No, somebody taped over every single one of these tapes, which is like absolute oh, garbage. It no. was like, oh boy, I get to watch Martha Stewart and General Hospital from like That's 2007. Upsetting. Yeah, I'm I was disappointed for you. 
Oh man, I was That's so... like false advertising. I like maybe there was <laughs> like what if they were just like always like Martha Stewart tapes? Yeah, they just decided was, like that's gotta be a game that someone does is like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna write like you know cool yeah, something party <laughs> gone wild. Paul and Joyce's wedding. Man, I wanna know <laughs> about Paul and Joyce's wedding. Um so then I ended up going back to uh, a series of tapes that, uh, well, speaking of a different Paul, Paul Franzen, uh, the last time that I saw him, he gave me a big box of VHS tapes that he had bought at various <laughs> garage sales. And um, this one, I kept looking at the label. And I was like, I have no clue what this says. As I was putting it, I finally realized that it's written sideways. So like you have to turn the tape sideways and then it says cowboy oh, way vertically. So I just kept... What? It says cowboy way, like, but it's written vertically. So I kept reading it. And I'm like, you owe, is that a three? You know, like I'm looking at him, <laughs> trying to read what it says. And then uh, when, as I'm putting it in, I realize it says cowboy way. And uh, it, it's like really garbage quality. So I'm like just fast forwarding through whatever this movie cowboy way is. And then the last like three hours of the tape is the Weather Channel. Oh my goodness. It was beautiful. I I actually sat and watched three hours of (laughs) the Weather Channel from 1997, and it keeps being interrupted by, like, the new Buick, all new for 1997, pays zero money down until 1999. It's like, oh, man. And then it's such a garbage-quality tape that, like, when they play the local segments, because, like, the national segments, they have people actually say, like, oh, yeah, well, today uh, in the Pacific Northwest, there's going to be, you know, high wind advisories on the coast. Um, but then when they do the local segments, it's that beautiful, uh, you know, MIDI, uh, easy listening, smooth jazz. <laughs> it, But the thing is, is like that, that it... Um, I would say more like, <laughs> but like the thing is, is that it's that beautiful VHS quality where it keeps getting garbled. So <laughs> it's just constantly interrupted, and like there's a, a wowing, I believe is the the, the term, and uh, <clears throat> like I, I feel like I am vaporwave now that i've watched (laughs) this vhs tape like i've consumed so much essence of vaporwave that uh it is part of me now robot master name is vaporwave man (laughs) yes (laughs) that's 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 fantastic Uh... now jetty i've really enjoyed this story you do have to tell us what video game you've been playing oh yeah i uh also, it has been, it feels like a year since last time, but I did play, uh, Guardians, I played a chunk of Guardians of the Galaxy. It's really great. Oh, and have you ever had, like, a game really want you to play it, even though you're not interested? <laughs> what? Like, Fortnite. Yeah, you're talking does, about... Does the... Fortnite really wants me to play, because they oh. just keep adding, like, really great comic book character skins. Uh, and I see. Now, oh, I, th- I thought DC Universe Online. I don't usually play MMOs, but like one of the recent story chapter DLC things is 
the Legion of Superheroes and Static, and that's my favorite DC team and my favorite DC superhero in one little, like, story chapter thing. So it's like someone made it specifically for me, so <laughs> I might have to try DC about Anyways, that's all I have. Now Now I can give you permission to speak, Jen. <laughs> yes, thank you. I mean, uh, to be honest, I haven't really been playing uh, many games in recent times, uh, so I was going to say, if there's anything that I've been playing recently, if you can call it that, uh, it is the 6502 Assembler. <sighs> oh, boy. Yeah. It's quite a trip. So the 6502, for those who are not knowledgeable in this very, very specific <laughs> part of gaming and technology hardware, was like the main CPU, 8-bit CPU, during the times of like the NES. Yeah. It's, and it's I, know also... it, I know it's in the NES. I think the Atari, even like Atari before the NES used... Uh... Yeah, and like the... Commodore 64 and like a whole bunch of stuff like they they basically were like what's a cheap and reliable thing that we know is going to work like rather than being you know like a lot of game systems which are like this is cutting edge it's got the latest stuff and then it's just like a buggy nightmare uh they were like look we want the reliable thing that we can get easy production on uh we're going with this thing that's been around for like 10 years now um mm -hmm. and it, so it's in a lot of like nineties yeah. technology. Yeah. Um and so yeah, I've been <sighs> making the dive. Uh like I kept looking, you know, and, and I've talked about this before that like, oh, you know, the game that I've been playing is Game Maker Studio or whatever. Um <laughs> you know, I kept going in circles. I was like, uh, oh, do I care about this new uh subscription format for game maker do i want to switch to unity and like the moment that i go to switch to unity everyone's like oh yeah we hate unity they support uh the military like they they do subcontracting for like military simulation and data processing or something like that and so like everyone the day that i like decided to finally download unity was the day that <laughs> everyone was complaining about it and be like boycott unity or whatever um oh. so i've just kind of been sitting on it and then finally i was like you know what i'm going to program <laughs> going to program for the nintendo <laughs> the nintendo how's that gone have you programmed anything for the nintendo not yet i actually only did that um this weekend so like uh i have all these days off at work that uh like my my paid time off that i don't want to just abandon um so i've been right because it's the end of the year yeah and so you want to like that's i mean that's what i'm doing like i just got all of my like i think like two weeks of roughly of vacate because like it doesn't count the weekends yeah um yeah yeah and i've just like put it all for like christmas holiday yeah and i'm gonna fly back to the united states and then just be here for all be there for almost three weeks and then come back yeah um and so uh i took friday off and i was like okay this is gonna be the weekend i'm gonna actually sit down and do this i've been telling myself for a very long time now that i was interested in it so uh i've been going over <sighs> all the different op codes and so on and learning about the specific memory locations 
And like, it's funny is that I follow a lot of developers, but now I know what they're talking about. Where like uh, somebody posted on Twitter and he was like, oh yeah, you know, look at this glitch. It's because I'm setting the uh, 2001 uh, to this bit. And it's like, oh, okay, now I know what that means. Suddenly it barely makes sense. Um, I have not, I have yet to actually program anything, but I have open uh, example.s and I can tell you all about uh, LDA0, STA2000, and so on. Um, <laughs> well, I would think that, like, that's, I think that's what people who, like, make, like, really in-depth, like, ROM hacks do for, like, NES games, right? Yeah. It's like you have to write assembly code. Yeah. Like, I, I, I watch some people who, like, play, like, Super Mario 64 ROM hacks, and they talk about, like, sort of distinction between, like, ROM hacks that are, like, use, like, Blender to, like, where the primary thing is just making, like, scenery and Blender. Yeah. And then the people who, like, go into the assembly code and, like, program in new mechanics to Super Mario 64. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, like, I, no, I don't think the Nintendo 64 used this particular CPU, so I don't know how <laughs> yeah. transferable that knowledge would be. Yeah, it's sixty. Yeah, so if it's a sixty-four bit, that just means that they had eight eight-bit processors in it, right? Like, yeah, exactly. That's, that's how that works, yeah. right? Uh, it is interesting because I was very confused. They kept calling the uh, like STA is like store the accumulator at the provided <laughs> uh, memory location. I was very confused because they kept like loading two different values and then storing it in the same place. I was like, what are they doing? Like what? Isn't that just overwriting it? And then I find, oh, it's an 8-bit processor, but it has 16-bit memory locations. So you can store, you have to call them separately, the two 8-bits, put it into the 16-bit slot. So you call it twice mm. to fill the full 16. Um, yeah, it, it's been a bit of a trip. I've been learning a lot. It's... um. <sighs> Curious. <laughs> oh, uh, I'll tell forgot. you. I'll tell you when I beat the boss. <laughs> <laughs> what were you gonna say, Blue? So the people who made uh, DC Universe Online and City of Heroes, they just like kind of quietly announced that they're making a Marvel game too. Uh, I, you mean a Marvel game as well, but I was like, oh, mm -hmm. yes, Marvel Game 2, the sequel <laughs> the to sequel the to Marvel, Marvel game. <laughs> no, uh, they're making a Marvel MMO, so that is how I found out about the recent expansion of DC Universe Online, because I was like, what are they up to? Oh, they're doing all of my favorite things. Now I want to play it. But I don't, I'm not very familiar with MMOs, so I would want to have people to play with, but it is like a 10-year-old game or so, <laughs> so there's like no one who knows the game will be doing the old content from the beginning, and I'm going to be a noob by myself. So it's going to be a bit rough. But yeah, they're, they're working on a Marvel game that some sort of, like, investor conference slideshow or whatever. They were, like, one slide briefly mentioned a Marvel game that they were working on. And then they're like, okay, next slide. 
So yeah. Do you remember earlier in this podcast where we talked about various places that you could consume Game Cola content and then said like, wait till the end of the podcast to find out about that? I well, you've reached it. that part of the podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you for listening this far. And now here's your reward. If you would like to see more Game Cola content, perhaps in written form or some of our other podcast type stuff is also hosted there, you can go to our actual internet website, GameCola.net. And if you want to see more video type content, like uh, which also includes video forms of this podcast, um, along with game playthroughs like Danganronpa or The Great Ace Attorney, and you can check out morning streams and night streams. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Game Cola Family Game Night and Family Game Morning. <laughs> uh, you can check us out on our YouTube channel, gc.net, the letter G, the letter C, the word dot, the word net. If you want to keep up to date on stuff that Game Cola is doing, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Game Cola. That's who we are, and that's how you find us. And uh, on many of those places, like on the website, you can f- and in the Twitter bio, you can find links to the Game Cola Discord. Uh, you just need to click the invite link, and then you will be there. And you can come here and listen to us talk about. Well, not listen always, but uh, text. You can look at text where we talk about things, and it's a fun place to be. And it's where certain conversation topics for the podcast spawn, like this discussion about. Uh, Pokemon that was like the the title and the primary focus of the early part of this episode um, and so you can sort of drive podcast content if there's certain things that you're interested in talk about it on the discord and we will probably be thinking about it enough to talk about <laughs> it on the podcast then yes you can also request podcast topics yes come as well good. come say hello to all of us on but the discord especially me <laughs> Specifically and individually, say hello to each one of us. Yeah. And um, that, that will unlock the secret premium Game Cola prize. Fighting that... mode we made in the last few weeks. <laughs> well, I was yeah. going to say, uh, hello, Mario. Hello, Toad. Hello, Princess. Hello. <laughs> How do you like your eggs? Oh, I like mine sunny side up. How do you like your eggs? <laughs> You can understand references like this. Yes. Just listen to Game Cola content, <laughs> specifically Hacks and Slash episode one yeah. um, is what that reference is if you were left out in the cold on that one. Which is um, a classic Game Cola. Yes. It's number uh, one for a reason. We need to move on, though, before we, we delve into so many references that this podcast becomes completely unapproachable. <laughs> Thank Donald. you for listening. <laughs> what? <laughs> Oh yes, the incredible niche restaurant. I do not think, therefore I do not am. <laughs> Please visit us. Thank you for listening yeah. to this episode on the of the Game Cola Podcast. Have a wonderful time of day, wherever it is, whenever it is you are listening to this podcast, and we will see you next month. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. I miss you. <laughs> I am your host of Podcast Commander, Joseph Martin, joined by I'm Alex Blue Rider. Oh sorry. no, we are we going in? Are we going in Discord order? Yeah, we always go in Discorder. Okay.
Go ahead. Go ahead. As I've just decided to call it right now in this moment, Discord. (laughs) Which is the opposite of what Discord is. Oh. (laughs) Well, (laughs) so far that is not born true. (laughs) 